0: Welcome to Gen X Mixtape, a nostalgic podcast dedicated to the art of making mixtapes and the Gen Xers who made them. This is part two of Uncharted, where Alan and I will be curating side B of a mixtape featuring the best songs of the new millennium that Xers may not have heard. Welcome back. Welcome back. Last week was so much fun. Yes.
1: (laughs) It's hard to believe we got that excited about new music, you know, and that's
0: it was kind of kind of well cool music's really. very personal right it and, it, and it's kind of like like a religion and you want to evangelize like these songs that are so special to you that the rest of the world hasn't heard it's one thing you like a song that everyone's heard right everyone's heard it sure but when you have this little secret when you have this song that's so good and you just don't understand why the rest of the world hasn't heard it and you're convinced that if the rest of the world listened to it it would be huge you want to tell people about it
1: yeah no it's an excellent point um yeah, I, I, the back half of my choices, I, I'm i just as excited. In fact, coming up, I have my absolute favorite of my 12. So I, I'm going to really, you want to talk about being evangelical, I'm going to evangelize the hell out of that one. Um, <laughs>
0: nice, nice way to phrase that.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I guess so. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, it, it has just been so much fun to take a look and you know so much of our music is retro so it's it's or which is really unfair because i i keep wanting to compare these artists to what has come before which without question the influences are very obvious a lot of the time but these bands and artists i mean they're doing their own thing too i mean it's it's i i need to break that habit of trying to compare them to you know established you know, artists that that everybody knows, and just kind of give them credit uh, in their own right. I, I don't know that that has come through necessarily, but nonetheless, that, my point being, you know, if you love the '70s, the '80s, the '90s, uh, the '60s, I have a whole lot of '60s souls we talked about last week. Um, you know, I, there is still music that speaks to that that level of passion and, and that that. Master mastery craft uh, work of, of long ago. It, it's it's just phenomenal.
0: And that was my problem in the early 2000s when when students would introduce me. Like like uh, the Plain White Tees was a good example. Oh yeah. Um, the Killers. Uh, these were bands that were, you know, white stripes that were being brought to me by the kids because they knew what kind of music I liked. And at first, you know, I was just like, uh, I liked it the first time when it was called The Smiths, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and now I look back and I'm like, and luckily I didn't stay in that position for very long. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, basically the people making music in the early 2000s are our age. And if we yep. would've had a band, this is the kind of music we'd be making. So yeah, there's a lot of, uh, very much of an homage, especially on my list, as you mentioned, to uh, to new wave stuff because that's what they grew up on. Oh yeah. So it's, it makes sense.
1: Absolutely. Huh. Well,
0: you wanna get to it? Yep, let's get to it, let's okay. get to it. All right, so we, we finished the last episode talking about dad rock. Okay, if there was a dad band in the way that uh, they look like a bunch of dads, at least the lead singer, that fits my next song, which is by a band called Future Islands. Yes, and the song is called Seasons. It came out in two thousand fourteen from their album singles, and and I don't know if you've ever seen them perform live, um, but the lead singer usually wears a khaki uh, wears khaki pants and a polo shirt, uh, sometimes tucked in. Like he looks like. Like, like, literally, like a dad that's kind of gone to his kid's open house or something. Well, I,
1: I I've seen him. I, I, I don't. I'm, chances are, I, I'm guessing some of our listeners have probably. I, they, they may very likely remember the Letterman performance. Yes, in 2014, yes. And, and you know the 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 memes that that followed that Um, yeah
0: i did i didn't at the time i wasn't aware of that i've since heard about that and and so forth and um and yeah like i think one of the comments on social media was that he was dancing like nobody was watching and he responded and said oh i was holding back yeah (laughs) you know i mean he pounds his chest he's very demonstrative um on stage um it it, but it's very rock and roll in a unique way yeah that's what i like about it
1: he was shimmying and I can't even put into words what he what he does. We're
0: talking about Samuel T. Herring, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and yeah, I just, I, I, at first I was a little taken aback because you hear the music and you didn't expect the, the the image to match. But that's what I love about it. I mean, the guy could be working at Circuit City or, well, that's an old reference around any Circuit City <laughs> anymore. Um, or Target. Um, but, why not
1: Why not throw out media but, play? But,
0: yeah. but what's more punk rock? That, see, that's, that's the whole definition of punk, not that this is punk per se, but the whole idea of anti-establishment punk rock is to go against the grain, right? Yeah. So that would be wearing a pole and khaki pants on stage. that There's nothing more punk rock than that. Uh, not wearing what everyone would expect you to wear. Yeah.
1: Well, that's Vampire Weekend, is what yeah. you're describing. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, they just look like a bunch of, you know, prep school boys. But um, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, Herring, he's, he is. He's just very, very unique. We'll leave it at that. But, but also, I mean, he is the epitome of New Wave. Yes. I mean, this is... I, there's synth pop melodrama just dripping from the <laughs> song. Yes. I mean, you can hear New Order's pulsing bass lines, and it kind of meets the pop fantasias of OMD or AHA, you know. And then you add the visceral vocals to the mix, and you have that. You have what would be a New Wave masterpiece had it been released 40 years ago. I mean, it's just. I, I love the song. This was actually before I went all female and we made. You know, the the changes to, to how we were approaching this. I had this on my list. We were actually going to have a direct match. Oh. Um, assuming this would have been on your year, year 12 at that time. Um, but here's the thing. This is the only song I know by them.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, this is one I know they're a catalog. Yeah. No,
1: I, I remember, because this is the song that he sang on Letterman.
0: Oh, is it? Which, okay. which I've
1: seen, I've seen that that I mean that went viral. I've seen that countless times. And again, it was an it's an algorithm. Spotify introduced me to this one. And it's a band that for a couple of years now I've been wanting to go back and listen to their back catalog and I just I, I just never have. Caesars change.
0: My buddy Dave. Well, Dave, um, we went to school with him, McKinley. Oh yeah, Uh, yeah. We we still stay in touch, and and we we realized about ten years ago, um, you know, he moved away and he moved back and so forth, and we've always communicated. But we realized that we still like there were a lot of bands that we were listening to that we both knew, but it made sense because of the music we, we grew up listening to. Um, he was, you know, we were big into The Cure back then and and, and other like bands and so forth. And um, this was, you know, so I've introduced him to a few. Um, like, uh, I want to say Real Estate was one I think I introduced him to, which may be coming up later on the list. And uh, <laughs> and he introduced me to Future Islands. So all the meme stuff I didn't know until after I had already okay. known their music and everything uh, and watched a few of their YouTube clips and stuff. But uh, you may, you hit the nail on the head when you said New Order, because uh, really it's. They're synth there, but it's really bass-driven. It's more bass-driven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I, and as a bass player, I love these bass lines because they're, they're not difficult. They're not that complex, but they're very, very creative. Like, you know, I can pick one up and usually play it pretty quickly, but kind of like, again, um, uh, Peter Hook from, from New Order, who stays on the top two strings of the bass guitar and plays plays very high. In fact, a lot of times, Peter Hook will have two bass lines you know that he overdubs. Um, so it's very much in that tradition where they're using the entire bass guitar, not just the lower two strings. I mean, very, very creative with like lots of octave use and, and a lot of repetition, too. This is what I like about it. There's a part of me that likes minimalism. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about John Stevens here in a little bit, too. I, I like I like minimalism in, in, in its simplistic form, and, and this is what Future Islands can be. I like repetitive. Philip Glass is my favorite classical composer, if that gives you an idea. So the bass line is repetitive, but it's also creative, and it's mm-hmm. the driving force of much of their music. And this song is, is, is you know, no exception to that. Um, what I love about this song, and I can't think of any other song like this. So tell me if I'm wrong, but the the, the verses are so bright, and it's all major chords. And then the, the it's almost like a cloud comes over the chorus and everything turns dark yep. and threatening and minor chord and you feel like oh we're in the middle of a, a, a thunderstorm, and then the chord the chorus passes and you get back to the next verse again and it's like the sun comes out yep. and the birds are singing.
1: Well, you know, you know, and you've said this before. Maybe
0: that's why it's called seasons. I don't know.
1: Well, you've said this before that one of the reasons that you don't listen to lyrics is because you know the voice the vocals is it to you it's another instrument yes and uh, you know hearing on this song his it's not the message of the lyrics as much as it's the delivery of it Mm -hmm. you know i he he has these emotive peaks and these baritone lows and and his gravelly voice just mirrors the feelings of hope and disappointment because the the song is really about a relationship um, that you thought would work that doesn't and, and cutting your losses you know just getting out and you know the seasons the way that he interweaves them you know suggesting that um you know winter he says i'm I'm paraphrasing i don't have the lyrics in front of me but uh essentially you know it'll clean, it'll wash the taste from you know from from your mouth and you know summer it's just you're right i mean that thunderstorm is is really just you know this idea that the the relationship goes through stages but you know it also talks I think very, very uh, poignantly about you know the stages of getting over the relationship. This is one that would have worked on our breakup mixtape, yeah, yeah. honestly. Um, although he's the one you know dismissing, he's the one breaking up with her. But still, it's it's just it is so. So eighties, <laughs> it's just fantastic.
0: Yeah, if you if you if you like this, you'll definitely like their other ma- material. I mean, it's it's in the same vein, okay. um, but it's not all the same. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. It's, it, there's some good stuff out there. Um. Guess who declared this as one of the best songs of 2014? Don't know. Pitchfork. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> right. So it passed the snob test back then. I'm not sure um, what it would do today. You know, what's really kind of kind of interesting. Is Pitchfork um, goes back and and they retroactively review records. Like they went back and they gave uh, Born in the USA a 10. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Which is again, such a Pitchfork thing to do because so many people look at Born in the USA and say oh that was his sellout album or whatever and that's, yeah. it was all about patriotism which was, it was patriotic but not in the sense that everyone thought it was, right? And Pitchfork came back and gave a really nice review. Now they're going through Steely Dan and they gave Asia a perfect 10 and they gave Katie lied like an 8.6. So it is interesting, retroactively, they'll go back and, and find these yep. masterpieces.
1: Right, I just looked up the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. wanna get it right. Um, The summer will wake, but the winter will wash what is left of the taste. The summer will warm, but the winter will crave what is gone, will crave what has all gone away. I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, the imagery is powerful, but uh, you talk about minimalism. I mean, there's nothing here. I know. That's what I love about it. It's
0: just very. It's like a a, um, uh, E. Cummings or an Ezra Pound poem. Well, yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, I don't know E. Well, both of those are. Actually, those are very great comparisons. <laughs> no, <but> I, <laughs> okay. I was about to say, well, you know,
0: um, and wasn't the this, red this red barrel? Wasn't yeah. that tell yeah. so you? Oh, it, that's uh, Ezra William, Pound? William. Oh, Carlos oh, yeah yeah, 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 okay, okay.
1: But I was going to say, Ezra Pound and E. Cummings. Those are. This makes a little more sense than a lot of their work. It's <laughs> true. Nonetheless, I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, no, it's it's been a, a fantastic song, and I, like I said, I've been meaning to go back and listen. Well, and
0: check out their videos too. This some really interesting videos. Um, it's, and there's a song called Balance, which I really like, which was kind of like a third or fourth single off off an album that had a really really cool story video. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know I think a lot of, I don't know if this is the case for them but I think a lot of artists it would make sense if this was the case for them um, they don't have a budget re- really to make music video especially these alternative artists right so what right. they do is they they basically put a plea out to like art students and up and coming filmmakers and they basically say hey you know make a video for this we can't really pay you but we'll give you credit and you'll be able to add this to your portfolio and um, you end up seeing some really cool stuff being yeah. done What's well, smart yeah. you I'm
1: know, on, on both ends um yeah no it, it's kind of funny because you, as you said last week you know you were driven by by individual songs mm-hmm. that that just you know you you absolutely love and most of my list these are artists that it didn't matter which song I chose for a lot of them I wanted to introduce the artist and the, and his or her work right but yeah this was one very much in, in keeping with how you approached it I I was originally going to use it and I know nothing else about the band so it's um of course I went all female, so it did not make the cut. But I was thrilled when I saw that it was on your list. So,
0: very cool. Yeah. That's Future Islands. Yeah, check them out. The good stuff. I'm hoping to see that. I have not had an opportunity to see them live. So, hopefully I will soon. And boy, your next one. I I love this one. Uh, Looking forward to talking about it. Yeah. Okay, well. And this is one lyrically that right away I picked up on. Yeah. Well, and I want to, this
1: one's going to take a while. Because I'm going to give, you know, we've been focusing on music more than we have Trivia. I'm not going to give a lot of trivia, but I, I want to give I want to give credit on, right. uh, to this one. So you got to bear with me here. Um, the The artist's name is Diane Birch, and her debut album was titled Bible Belt. Came out in 2010. Um, since she was seven years old, Diane Birch had been studying piano via the Learn by Ear Suzuki method, and she had the incredible ability always did to replicate any melody upon hearing it just one time. She could hear it and she could play it. And as she grew older, she'd improvise. She began playing classical music, movie themes, pop music, jazz, whatever was in her brain at the time. So Birch, she left home as soon as she was old enough. She had reasons to, to, she had reasons to. (laughs) And to make ends meet, she quickly learned a standards repertoire and she pursued work as a pianist for hire. Uh, She eventually landed gigs at such posh spots as the Beverly Hills Hotel and law and. She made quite an impression in those settings because it was there that she was discovered by Prince, Hmm. who was so impressed that he invited Birch to jam with him in his home studio, an invitation that she duly accepted. Now, Prince didn't, uh, you know, try and get her a record deal or nothing like that. It was one jam and and done. But up until this point, she had always seen herself primarily as a pianist and she hadn't tried to sing. So having had that opportunity to jam with Prince just randomly, uh, she ended up taking a class and in order under prince's you know suggestion and in order to have something to perform there she wrote an original song which her new classmates immediately loved so she wrote another and then another and before long a genuine singer songwriter had been born okay and she has talent in spades i mean she can do everything there's a freshness and a freedom about her piano style i mean it allows her to tackle with equal aplomb Memphis blues, New Orleans jazz, smoldering Southern soul, and all feature prominently on this album, Bible Belt. But while her instrument choice is, is the world, it's her piano, it's her vocals. At once, both soulful and quirky, they, they are what give her sound its unique flavor. So as you listen to to the album uh, through its entirety, Carol King, Carly Simon, Aretha Franklin, Edda James, Karen Carpenter, Dusty Springfield, they all come to mind at various times as she sings, often in the same song and sometimes even in the same line. And just like those legends, she she keeps things simple. She doesn't clutter the music with wails and runs. She never oversings, never strains, never becomes shrill. Her phrasing's impeccable, and like other singers who don't think of themselves as singers primarily, she knows how to shape her vocals with a self-effacing restraint that just complements her music beautifully. And, and the arrangements are always sympathetic to the songs. They never overwhelm. They're always serving as a backdrop and a frame to highlight the material in Birch's sublime voice, right? So there, there's a thread of old soul that runs through the entire album, but each song is this artist's own personal interpretation of a form of classic American popular music style. Or a melding of several of those styles at once, nearly all of them armed with big radio-ready hooks. So you you know you're dealing with someone something exceptional when whichever track you're listening to at the time is your favorite track on an album until the next one starts and that becomes your favorite. Which is my response upon hearing Bible Belt for the first time. Every song in succession became my favorite song until the next track began. Um, for today's episode, I, I've chosen the rollicking soul rocker choo-choo. It, it's a song that opens with a very familiar organ phrase. It actually comes from The Doors Light My Fire.
0: Yeah, I know that organ piece. Is yeah.
1: And, and then seamlessly, it combines church organ gospel with a classic Motown
0: sound. And, and, it's got and, a roadhouse piano.
1: Yeah. I, and, and, and with layered background vocals. I mean, lyrically, the song reflects the lingering effects of her very strict religious upbringing. She she was basically... Is like
0: nom- a Tori Amos situation? Well, here. no, she,
1: she was nomadic for the first 10 years. She was born here in the States, but she was born to itinerant Seventh-day Adventist uh, preacher parents who evangelized their way through Southern Africa and Australia for 10 years before they finally returned to America when Birch was 10. Um, during that time, she was forbidden from listening to anything but uh, classical music and church hymns. So when she returned to the states, she had not heard any music. She immediately fell in love. You'll love this: the first music that she really uh, kind of acclimated to was goth music. She mm. loved The Cure. She loved Sisters of Mercy. She loved um, Susie and the Banshees. I mean, that that's what she listened to, and she went goth for a while actually. And uh, I, apparently, she you know she had the entire masquerade look, and w- complete with a black cape that she wore to her father's church, which did not go over very well. So um, she eventually, though, she she outgrew that, not her love of that music, because her second album, her sophomore album, is music in that vein, Mm -hmm. where she tries to pay tribute to her first love. I mean, as a Cure fan, you would really dig her second album, but it's entirely different from what I have here. Um, But, you know, she discovered all these artists knew because she she was discovering them blindly. She was she had never heard music. Fleetwood Mac, the Beatles, Jazz, the Roaring Twenties played a, a huge part. I just Broadway and being able to play anything she heard by ear, she just brought it together. And the album is just incredible. Um so yeah, I mean she she sings on this track. I thought I was on my way to heaven but it seems I'm riding the choo-choo straight to hell. And it's definitely, she's definitely singing about the lingering effects of her, of her parents. I mean, the the album is very autobiographical actually.
0: Doesn't she like the devil took her baby and she's going for him, but he really wants her. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of
1: religious imagery. She, uh, but I mean, she, she rebelled and, you know, I guess now she has a terrific relationship with her parents now that she's, grown to adulthood and, and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, she, as soon as she was able, she left home. And
0: like Katy Perry a little bit too had a yeah, similar story. Yeah.
1: Um, but Diane Birch is the antithesis of Katy. I and mean, Katy Perry played the whole, you know, cutesy, yeah. like pinup doll. I mean, Diane Birch is just, she's just a serious, very driven musician. And her music on this first album, especially, and this was another one that my wife introduced me to. But this was, when it came out, Dave, I, I literally played this non-stop. I mean, it, it was my favorite album of 2010.
2: Bye, baby's got-
1: talked about non-negotiables. She was the very first. When when you brought this, this idea up to me of playing artists that nobody knew, she was the first artist that I thought of. I mean, not Regina Spektor, not Sharon Jones, not Joss Stone. It was immediately Diane Birch. Nice. And she was discovered by the same people that discovered Joss Stone. They're the same label and it's similar, at least in on her debut, but I mean, she's just... I, I find her incredible. And I mean, her, some of her other songs on that album, Firescape, Valentino, I mean, you, you got to hear them. But I went with Choo Choo because this song just, it,
0: it rocks. I mean, it's just. I can say, I went like, to your, like this is something you hear in a roadhouse.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's incredible. And I just wanted to, I mean, if, you know, if I'm going to introduce the world to someone new, she is tops on my list. So I'm glad you enjoyed
0: it. I mean, yeah, I did. Yeah. I enjoyed all these.
1: Oh, she is just extraordinary so that was my first pick for side b
0: all right on to my second i know you're not a big sushant stevens fan i'm
1: not i have tried <laughs> I've, I've i've tried so hard i guess
0: i guess here it's what's hard to, to ask like it depends on where you've tried because his his career his career is so eclectic in the different types of music that he has played around with he's very experimental Um, very early in his career. It was very jazz influenced. Um, Lots of actual physical, what do you call it, instruments that are not electronic, Uh, acoustic Acoustic. instruments, um, horns, glockenspiels, banjos. Um, Right now, recently, he's been going through an electronic music phase, doing lots of really atmospheric type stuff. But I would challenge anyone that says that they don't like Sufjan that they probably just haven't listened to the right album
1: which is likely. I I'm here's the thing we we changed the the track that we are throwing on here for you. Um or you did. I shouldn't say we. Um because originally you had should have known better. Okay. That is characteristic of all the music I've heard from him. Gotcha. And Here's the thing. I I love the singer songwriters of the '70s. I mean, I know my list is punctuated by '60s soul uh, for this episode, but I mean, the singer songwriters of the '70s. I mean, that's that's my bread and butter. I grew up on that stuff, and you know, I I know that that is his. I mean, he he is the embodiment of that today. I get
0: that he is well, a large devoted. Filmmakers. That was the second phase of his career. Okay. Final, kind of
1: okay. Um, which again, that's that's primarily what I know of him, but. You know, I just, I've always found his compositions bloated and cluttered. And I, I just, I think his delivery is a bit pretentious, quite frankly. I mean, he just, he, there's something about, uh, there, there's a little too much from, from the music I've heard. There's a little too much Suit John in every Suit John song, if that makes sense. Um, and, you know, I, I've tried so many times. If, if there are, I will say that the the, the song that you swapped, I was digging that.
0: Okay, all okay. right. I was well, digging we, that. We haven't talked about. Well, yet, no, that, we haven't. But, I mean, but,
1: I, you know, I'm a jazz fan, and, right. and you know, I that one when you played it for me, I was like, uh, "This is not what I." I've never heard anything from him that sounded even remotely like that. I mean, I've always appreciated the talent. He just, I don't know. I just I couldn't and I've tried so hard so all
0: right well you've given you given your counter-argument let me make my case all right because I mentioned to you in the text today that I feel he's at a genius level and and the same level as Brian Wilson I I, I really believe that okay Um, first of all let me just say that he represents the term indie probably than any other artist like there's indie has become a genre right if you are alternative and you have an acoustic guitar and you're, you're indie right True indie music is you make music at home on your own and you release it on your own label and that's what Sushan did. Um, in 2000, uh, he had a, a laptop and Pro Tools and he's, he's a multi-instrumentalist so he can play everything. And he just began to record stuff. He had a regular nine-to-five job. He just started recording things. It was his stepfather that helped him um, start his own label, start to distribute his CDs, and he got a cult following pretty quickly. Um, But he's never, ever been on a major label. His label's Asthmatic Kitty. That's his label. And as far as I know, he's the only one that's um, on this label. I don't think he signed any other artists. It's just for him to be able to release his music. So,
1: so does he refuse to sign it? I mean if have labels come for him and he's I, just I don't know. It I don't
0: know. I am assuming they, they probably have. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, he just he. yeah, He's the kind of guy that, like, that true artist, uh, he just does what he does, not because anyone thinks it's a good career move or it's the right thing to do or it's popular. In fact, he might even be, in, in, in the sense, the exact opposite of that. Just when something starts to catch on, is when he's gonna dump that and try something new. Um, he, he he truthfully is just doing his own thing um, and you need to you know either get on board or not you know he's not he's not going to wait for you kind of like andy kaufman as a comedian mm. right okay. if you think about it he's like the andy kaufman equivalent <laughs> minus the wholeness <laughs> yeah. of andy kaufman okay cuz from what i understand is a pretty pretty nice guy so,
1: so he's performed mighty mouse as well <laughs> right, you're telling
2: right, you're
0: telling right. me. um but uh, he's everything but predictable, and he's all over the place. And so early albums, in fact, um, um, the, the song that I am going to choose, by the way, and some of his early records had extremely long um, song titles. This is a long song title, it's not nearly as long as some of the song titles. This one is uh, All Good Naysayers Speak Up or Forever Hold Your Peace, and it's from the album Michigan. Um, shortly after this, he had an album called Illinois, And he was going to make a concept album for every single state in the United States. We are still waiting for number three. (laughs) In fact, he later came back and joked and said it was kind of just a publicity stunt. But these two albums, and there's lots in between, but I'm going to talk about Michigan, I'm going to talk about Illinois. And Illinois is the one where most people would say up to that point was like, that's the album that really put him on. That's the album that Pitchfork, you know, Mm. hailed. And that's where Pitchfork, snobby site we talked about, really kind of propelled him into people's listening okay because people go there for the the latest and the newest and like i said the bleeding edge and so in this case that's kind of you know, if you talk to if you talk to anyone that kind of knows their way around alternative music in the 2000s but maybe isn't a fan of Suit john this is the album they're gonna know they're gonna know chicago okay. but michigan the same way they're both concept wait, albums. Wait, chicago or illinois i'm sorry illinois. illinois chicago i'm sorry chicago was the single from illinois gotcha that's okay. kind of the big song that everybody knows okay so yeah thank you and so they're both concept albums where he basically writes songs about the people some celebrities that have come from that state um in fact on illinois there's a there's the whole song about a ufo sighting the, a mass ufo sighting the people so basically they're like a little collection of short stories about these people and these events in these states and that's what was really hard about picking a song you mentioned you were looking for a song to represent the artist I have been pretty much picking just songs that I want to get out there. But this is an artist I want to get out there. Picking a song from him is very difficult because everything is really in context. He doesn't make singles. Okay. The exception might be he was up for an Academy Award from um, uh, Call Me By Your Name. He wrote a song for that movie. He was he was nominated for that. Um, but everything else, it, it's, everything is within context. So if you listen to Michigan, you want to start at the very beginning and you want to go through the entire thing to really get that experience, right? Same thing with Illinois. And um, actually, some people call it Illinois because of the way it's spelled, Illinois, but that's a whole (laughs) other thing. Anyway, so he went through that phase. That phase is very, very musical. I think you'll like that phase. It's very jazz-infused. There's a lot of horns. There's a lot of, like I said, oboes and glockenspiels and trombones and banjos and just all sorts of stuff, uh, experimental. Then he kind of went into the phase where you aren't as much of a fan. That's kind of the singer-songwriter. Yeah, he he created an album which to me is one of the greatest albums ever made it's called Carrie and Lowell it was written about his stepfather um, and his mother uh, who passed away and it's it's basically his album to to her in her passing and, and a tribute to her it is talk about like soul crushing not in a way that you feel like devastated afterwards but as a tribute and, and the, the amount of emotion that he's able to convey it's so raw it's another one though you got to start the needle at the beginning there's a song called death with dignity it goes on to should have known better which is the song in isolation that you heard um but even in that song and i'm sure you listened to it
1: oh yeah many times
0: kind of is a little bit representative of what he can do because the first part is kind of just a conventional guitar based singer songwriter ballad then the second phase, almost like a classical movement, it goes into, it changes from, from acoustic instruments to electronic instruments. And there's a bridge of multiple harmonies that uh, kind of go up and down the scale with this electronic music. And then there's a third movement at the end that's only about... 30 seconds long of very very low string instruments yeah. that just play on top of each other so when i say he's like a brian wilson genius level you can just listen to that song and say oh this is kind of a nice little you know indie ballad but if you really especially with headphones if you really listen to the song and what's going on and all those different parts i'm going to say it's genius i throw that song around a lot the uh, song the word around a lot but i, I honestly feel like he's in that category Then, like I said, the most recent is is all electronic stuff, but you do want to listen to this in headphones. I pulled this song out from Michigan. It's the second song on Michigan, just because it is a little bit more upbeat. Um, I guess if you were going to pick a song that represents John's early career in one song, this is it. Um, It kind of reminds me of like being on a train.
1: told you i mean when i when i was listening to it earlier today when when you made the swap it it reminds me of vince Garaldi. It, it sounds like the peanuts jazz of, of vince Garaldi.
0: yeah it's it's piano bass yeah um which
1: was not at all what i was expecting i mean here's the thing i've I, I can't even tell you where and when i've heard his music i just know i have many times different people have like played it for me, suggested it to me. When we talk about the algorithms on Spotify, for instance, he shows up constantly on Spotify for me. Interesting. And every time I've tried, I just, I I, I don't know. There's just something missing like John Wayne Gacy. I mean, I can't tell you how many times Spotify has told me to listen to Oh,
0: have to you listened song. to that song? Yeah, I've listened oh to Oh my it. gosh. Talk about, that's one of the raw songs. That's hard for me to listen to that yeah, song. Yeah, I mean, I... But I, that's off Chicago, because he was from Chicago, or from Illinois, because he was from right. Chicago, so it's on that Yeah, line. and I've
1: listened to it a few times at, at Spotify's suggestion, and it's just like, I, I just... Ugh, I, I, And I love singer-songwriters. That's why I can't... I've never been able to wrap my head around
0: why I... Do I'm you like Elliott Smith? Yeah. A lot of people that like Elliot Smith, they're very much in the same vein, although Elliot Smith stays in that singer songwriter mode. Yeah. Um, now, and, or stayed. El- yeah. He's no longer with us. Yeah. But.
1: Elliot Smith, I, I really liked. Um,
0: I don't know. Uh, jo- Josh Radin is another one. I'm not a big Josh Radin fan. My uh, wife likes him a lot. I, I don't know Josh Radin. Um But he's easy to, if you listen to. to I, I think they're very different musically once you dig into it, but if you don't know their catalog, they sound very similar. Anyway. It's easy to kind of peg him in that role, but if you look at his whole career span, my, my, my I'll say it again: there's something in there you're probably going to like, but few people are going to like it all. Okay. Which I understand.
1: Well, uh, I make me a mixtape, Dave.
0: Well, I think <laughs> I did for the Decemberists. I don't think you've listened to that one yet. So I,
1: well, I, I, started it.
0: I remember starting it. <laughs> I made it. like a new Indigo Girls, the newer Indigo Girls music. I think I made one for you. I don't remember. All right, you if not, me I'll that. do that too.
1: Um, the December. I, I'm warming to the Decemberists. I've, there have been a few songs on my own that I've listened as to. A, as an
0: English guy, as, as a lyrics guy, my gosh! Like well, you want to know what's,
1: what was so hard about the?
0: I know you don't like his the tone it, it, of his it's voice. The voice. I know, and my so, wife's the same so way. Amazing. I know, I, but 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 you got to look at it like a Bob Dylan, Tom Petty, Bruce Springsteen. It's the character of his voice. I know uh, you don't like the character of it, but it fits I, the music. I,
1: I get it. Yeah, I've, I'm I'm warming to it. I, there was a song I heard not too long ago by the Decemberists that Spotify's I can't remember what it was, but I, I listened to it and I thought. I should tell Dave I listened to this and then yeah. I, I totally didn't <laughs> but nonetheless I um yeah I I don't know I Su- I I just have never I've never found the right song but this one this one was this one kind of fascinated me it was unlike anything that I ever no one has ever shared sue John Stevens in this vein with me before so
0: well and like I say in the context of the album it's great because the album goes all sorts of different places it's a journey it starts out very slow and goes into this song to me it's almost like a train ride through the countryside you get on the train this this is the train taking you to this journey that he wants you to go on but hmm. yeah it's really good now I would not suggest anything recent um, too recent from him because it is very electronic it's very new age it's very atmospheric in fact he now, he was able to make the music early in the 2000s, but di- distribution was a little more of a problem. Well, now, my gosh, distribution, he puts stuff out all the time. He'll put a, he puts, you know, It seems like every month there's a different single or EP or album that he puts out. In fact, today, when I was looking up something, he's got a new album out. and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, what did, where did this come from? And I started listening to it, and I'm like, oh, this is more like some of his earlier stuff. So I haven't given it a listen, but uh, yeah, he's very prolific. Hmm. as if Bruce Springsteen put out everything he ever recorded <laughs> that's Suzanne. Yeah. that's okay alright I will I will give him another chance uh, you just well of... I mean I there's not... a lot of other artists I'd say spend your time with more than that because if, if you're not okay. if this I mean yeah
1: yeah but like I said I've tried to like him yeah. I, I just
0: I, I it, it, it's a, it's a harder sell if it's just not your thing again I'm not trying to sound snobbish but <laughs> it's a hard sell My, it's not just you a lot of people don't don't like don't dig him I don't
1: know. I am um, well, and two, I, he gets really spiritual. There, there's a lot of. In fact, at one point, I don't even know the songs that I heard, but I mean, there's a lot of religious imagery in a lot of his songs.
0: No, yeah, there's there's all sorts and, of stuff. Yeah,
1: but but I heard it, and I, I was even wondering if he was a, like Christian rock, and he's not because I've I've right. since looked it up, and he definitely does not identify in, in that way. But um, yeah, very spiritual mm-hmm. stuff I've heard from him in the oh, past. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay, it's just very honest. Just yeah. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll talk to you in the whole episode. So shut me up and let's go on.
1: All right, shut up. So, <laughs>
0: there we go. Let's go on.
1: Um, all right. Oh, this next one. Oh, I, I love love me some Amelda May.
0: Um, yeah, I never heard of her. This kind of Aladdin. Like, is she Cuban? Is she oh, Latin American? What is she? She she is actually Irish. Really, She's Irish. It sounds very Latin to no, me. Or am no, I off no. on that? No, Amelda May but the song the song
1: no it, this is just classic rockabilly
0: really it yeah. sounds like a latin rhythm too no me. this
1: is rock this is pure rockabilly i if if there's an overlap between burlesque and rockabilly then amelda may from do we go back and listen Island, again cuz i just swear she embodies it, it.
0: okay
1: I, visually if you if you were to see her she's all skin tight leopard print and red lips Musically, she hangs out at the same intersection of rockabilly and swing where Brian... I mean, she's started.
0: got the upright bass yeah, in there, obviously yeah. filling in everything. Yeah, so. she,
1: she does. She hangs out at that same intersection that Brian sets her, uh, parked his, his Cadillac in, in the late 90s. And in her hands, rockabilly is this living, vital genre um, with, with nothing retro about it. Still, I mean, she's, she's feisty. I mean, this Irish singer's greatest challenge has been convincing audiences that she's a contemporary artist and not just a revivalist. Uh, everything about her, I mean, from her upswept 50s hairdo to her musical palette, has kind of suggested that that she's stuck in the past. She's, she's 30, uh, 37 years old, I believe. I um, believe she's still 37. Um, and her first big break on a global stage was retro-minded. I mean, she was uh, performing in a tribute to Les Paul and Mary Ford at the 2010 Grammy ceremony alongside Jeff Beck, uh, who was so impressed with her performance on the Shangri-La's cover of Remember Walking in the Sand that he took her on the road with him. Um, this track that I'm I'm sharing, it's called Johnny Got a Boom Boom, which audiences, uh, a lot of fans consider this to be most representative of, of her work. It was originally released on her debut album, which was titled Love Tattoo, and it came out in 2007. She re-recorded the song um, for her third album, Mayhem, which uh, is what the version that I'm going to share um because she was never satisfied with with the sound the audio the audio quality of of her vocals on the original track um but she uh she she wrote very nearly every song on mayhem okay this third album um apart from a cover of tainted love you would love the cover of tainted mm. love which which has been rejigged as a feverish waltz for guitar drums and voice and and she sings them with this with heart and mimsy humor um but yeah on on mayhem i mean she just proves that bygone eras are merely sources of inspiration um you know, she does her own thing. She places this rich, pouty voice inside coils of surf guitar and thumping stand up bass. She offers moments of violence and seduction. And honestly, they, she, throughout, she exudes this dangerous allure of 1950s pulp pinup. And, and it's the kind with, with race car red lips and a dagger in her boot. And I mean, there's just snarls and stilettos. And she delivers an album ready made for the next Quentin Tarantino soundtrack. I mean, it, it's just an incredible. My,
0: my note was this song makes you want to drive too fast.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah, absolutely.
2: He got me with the hook. Those big bass notes. Thunder in my chest. Mmm, stuck in my throat. Pulling me down. Like a rumble in the ground. Crawls up from the depths. With a deep down sound. Johnny got a boom boom. Johnny got a bound. He got it. Big bum body.
1: Johnny got a boom-boom. I mean, it perfectly showcases why she's, today, she's considered the queen of rockabilly. I and mean, she is the premier artist. People recommend her. If you're looking for rockabilly, you start with Imelda May and you finish with Imelda May. And and this particular song, she wrote it, first of all, is a nod to John Lee Hooker's Boom Boom. Okay, if you're familiar with the song. Um, and, you know, it, John Lee Hooker's, I mean, I'm hoping our audience knows that. Now it's going to make the alternates list because they need to know it. (laughs) But the the track is just a blues guitar driven number, but the comparison ends there because on Johnny got a boom, boom, May's vocal phrasing is lightning quick. It's punctuated with brass accents, her howl and the sudden surf rock bridge are all her own. And the way she howls, Oh good Lord. I mean, he's going to freak you out when she howls that It, it makes freaking out sound positively festive. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I mean, she is. I'm surprised that you. That the,
0: I'm sorry. The rhythm sounds Latin to me.
1: Okay, no, it's just the it's, rest of it
0: doesn't. The, yeah. I, obviously, yeah, it goes into other territory. But the rhythm itself, the core of the song, I thought, oh, no. this. No, that's
1: just mm. snare drum. I mean, they're just just a rockabilly beat. So, mm. um, but yeah, I mean, she is just she's she's the queen of rockabilly today, and just she's incredible. In fact, I you really you almost have to start with her her work with. Uh, Jeff Beck because it is just unbelievable and she has since she's, she's I mean, she can do it all she's done jazz she's done you know just traditional blues work but it's the rockabilly time and again that she's just that's what she's known for so cool yeah and I like it oh, I like driving too
0: fast <laughs> cool little guitar licks there that are kind of going along for the ride yeah. in the song yeah like I said that upright bass is just filling in the corners nice stuff very good, good. All right, my next song. I have a feeling this is the one you're going to say was your favorite.
2: Hmm.
0: Mgmt.
1: Oh, um, me,
0: and me and Michael. Michael.
1: Um, that
0: one. Not the one. Okay. I was. Well, just, uh... no.
1: Th- this one was close. This one was close. Uh, no, my next, my favorite of yours was the next track.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, okay. the next track. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but. Um, yeah, no, me and Michael. Wow, I mean, it's it's a shimmering old friendship.
0: Well, you know? yeah, <laughs> and,
1: and, and a reminder that even the closest bonds can break. I guess I, I, I'm not entirely sure what the song was about.
0: Well, it was originally called "Me and My Girl," and he felt it was too cheesy, so they changed it to "Me and Michael." Okay. Because he didn't want to do a conventional love song. Gotcha. Um, anyway, we're talking about me and Michael by the band MGMT, which is a another algorithm offering that uh, I came across. This, it's kind of like um, Dr. Dog. I need to go back and listen to the catalog of this band because this song doesn't even come up in the suggested Spotify songs as being one of the more popular ones. And to me, this is one of the greatest songs in the last 20 years I've ever heard. So if the rest of their catalog is as representative of this song, then i'm just really really excited it's an indie pop band from connecticut and began making music in 2002 it's still going strong today um the band cites talking heads and orchestral maneuvers in the dark oh, omd I can totally see it as their pillar inspirations um another perfect pop song i mean this this you talk about this is the most new wave synth uh, oh, of it, all the songs Yeah, yeah it is yeah. on my list if you told me, if you told me that this song was recorded in 1986 and it was an outtake from some band that flaked out, mm-hmm. I would not argue with you. Yeah, no. It doesn't sound retro. It sounds like it came from yeah.
1: 1986. Oh, it, 100%. I mean, it's, the the vocals are just atmospheric and they, they, they kind of dominate the aesthetic, but the dreamy keys and the, the killer bass, I mean, it just, combined, they, they, they literally catapult you back in time. I mean, it's, this is as close to 1980s synth pop perfection that. That I think you can have in the, in the 21st century, really. I mean, and this is like you said, it's it's the real thing. Oh, not in- Enemy of hmm. was Spandau Ballet oh okay sure. because I, I I was listening to it and there was something about the track that I it just I kept thinking True by Spandau Ballet and just to test my theory I actually played the two songs back to back it could be it's flip side really yeah I, it sounds I, it is so close in sound to, to true that I was just I it's just a sonic wonder I, I, I loved every minute of it I mean if this were released in the 80s this would have been a top 10 hit.
0: Oh, no doubt. I mean, this has, the, again, I'm a sucker for the Saurian Melodies. Um, it, 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 there's a band called, um, um, oh gosh, Atlas Genius. I don't know if you've heard of Atlas Genius. They were from, uh, they're from Australia. They were the first ones to kind of do this. In fact, I saw them open up for Airborne Toxic Event up in House of Blues. And I remember I was with uh, my buddy and we were watching this band that we'd never heard of. And, and about third song, I turned to him and I said, don't you feel like you're at the prom in a John Hughes movie right now? Because they did the same thing. They were like the first band that I heard that kind of went back to that sound and and retrofied it or whatever. Um, so this is right along the, the same vein. In fact, I probably, I'm going to add an Atlas Genius song to our alternates list because that's one I probably should have included. Yeah. I just thought of that.
1: Yeah, no, this one, I mean, it's, you know, Wilco, that 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 dueling guitar is incredible and Teenage Fan Club blew me away. Drive-By was hilarious. Um password was <laughs> just uh, it was the best short story <laughs> the best short story I've never read and, and yeah me and Michael I mean it's in his pure 80s but yeah no my, your next actually the next three Number three, of course.
0: Yeah, 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 you, yeah. You know,
1: but, but yeah, uh, the next two together, I mean, there's something about. Oh,
0: good. Cause that I, I was afraid that my, we <laughs> keep talking cryptically. Yeah. That one of them you wouldn't have liked at all, no, but we'll talk about it. It, it
1: is a one two punch. I, I loved them. I mean, it really, I don't know. It, it, together, they reminded me of like just a summer day, you know, a lazy nice, summer day. Nice. So, and we'll talk about them when we get there, cause we are being cryptic. Unnecess- <laughs> un- un- unnecessarily cryptic. But, no, I, your, your playlist was just.
0: Incredible. But yeah, listen to it next time. Me and my girl. It's, that's what it originally me and was. My
1: girl. That makes so much more sense. Because <laughs> I, I'm like, me and Michael, I, I'm like, are they brothers? Are they friends? Why? But did, it works, though, too. Why, why it's kind of cool. Why did they have this falling out? The li- I mean, you talk minimalism. Those lyrics don't explain a damn thing.
0: Yeah, and that's what <laughs> so. I, I, I don't care. I, that's, that is the irony, isn't it? If it's a really good story song, I love the lyrics. If it's really poetic and it has some really good lines, I like the lyrics. But if it's just um, a run of the mill lyric, I just have a tendency to ignore that.
1: Yeah. But, but then it's it's I think probably meant to be ignored you know yeah, uh, but
0: yeah.
1: Huh, okay yeah no I, I I can see why you'd think it'd be this one I, this one was I loved them all
0: this is a fun song this is a yeah. song I put on it's just fun
1: yeah okay well if you know anybody I'm talking to the listeners of course if you know anybody on my list it is well that, I take that back it, it could be Regina Spector as well but this particular band is, I mean, they're everywhere, and and you know, the accolades run up, up you know miles long. I'm talking about the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. Um, I went with Gold Lion from Show Your Bones,
0: and that's one of those albums, by the way. When people, my kids were introducing me to The Killers and to Plain White Tees, Yeah Yeah, yeah. It was, Um Arcade Fire, th- those bands that, yeah. that era. Yeah, yeah. So I had, I think I have the first two albums.
1: Okay, yeah, I, I have um, the first three. Um, I never bought the fourth. But um, yeah, well, over the course of of their career, though, um, the trio of Karen O., Nick Zinner, and Brian Chase, I mean, they've experimented with a variety of different sounds, song structures, arrangements. But even for Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, their acoustic-led sophomore album, Show Your Bones, was an unexpected turn. I mean, first of all, this song, it's named for the two Golden Lion Awards that um, were won by a 2005 Adidas commercial for which Karen O. had provided the vocals and the album's polished lead single, you know, it, it, it really took a step back from the frantic punk of Fever to Tell, and it, it concentrated instead on a more indie alternative rock sound. Gold Lion, it, it begins with a measured drum beat, it, it's, you know, it, same same drum beat that's been used since We Will Rock You, of course, uh, while a gentle acoustic guitar riff strums pleasantly along, and then Kieran O's vocals, I mean, they, they're just sharp and spiky as ever, and so Somewhat, there's there's a somewhat uh, a White Stripes inspired post chorus guitar solo that gives a, the song an impressive theatricality. But
0: do you want to hear how I describe it? Okay, go for it. It starts with the same beat as "I Love It Loud" by Kiss, the same guitar riff as "Love and Rock." It's no new tale to tell, but then blossoms into "Susie and the Banshees."
1: See, I don't see "Susie and the Banshees" in this.
0: See, her vocals are oh, totally, no, uh, no. totally in her performance, I'm,
1: and I love "Susie and the Banshees," but I. Not so much. I mean, it, you're talking about... Well, her vocal. The vocal, tone, yeah, the, that vocal voice. hook. I mean, it's yeah. the best thing about Gold Lion. There, there's something almost tribal and jungle-like about, oh, sugar-coated ooh-ooh hook in this song. You know, I almost imagine it like as an Amazonian, like, indie goddess swinging in Tarzan-like to attack interlopers.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: while wow, triumphantly bellowing the hook like a war cry. I mean, it, it's, you know, at the time... You know, it was probably a, a warning to the music industry that, you know, yeah, yeah, as yes, we're back and ready to rock. I, I just, I, I was not a big fan of Fever to tell. I wasn't a big fan of the, the first album. Um, I mean, Maps, of
0: course, was a huge, yeah. huge Yeah, I mean, and maybe I had three. Had I th- had the one with the eggs on the cover and the one, yeah, I guess I had three of those.
1: Okay, so you had uh, probably It's Blitz was yes, the, yeah, the third yeah, one, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Show Your Bones lead single. I mean, it was a curveball, um, to be sure, but it perfectly wielded the album's new acoustic arrangements it like an axe. I mean it just it hit as hard as any of the bands more plugged in numbers and I've just I've always loved there's something about that just sugar coated ooh ooh chorus. Always been a fan of Yeah Yeah yes. I, I just have, and I, I, it's not even particularly my brand of music. And there's just something I love her vocals. There's something about her vocals, like you know, heads will roll. It's yeah, that's like, a great song. I that I, I just love the sound of her vocals,
0: and I just that made my short list for the yeah, Halloween special. I've,
1: I've been a fan for for a very long time. So, I thought let's take a break from 60 Soul.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, this is your and one I, new wave song. Yeah,
1: so I, I threw it in, and yeah, there cool. you
0: go. Very good. All right. Well, uh, we talk about different ways that people, you know, find their music. And we talked about algorithms. We talked about friends introducing us. We talked about commercials, um, you know, viral videos and so forth. This was actually recommended by another artist that I respect. Colin Malloy of the Decemberists. tweeted out one day, you got to hear this song by this band called Real Estate, huh. called Talking Backwards. And, you know, when Colin suggests something, I'm going to go right in there and, and listen to it. Instantly, Fell in love with this song. Instantly fell in love with the entire catalog. Talk about a, a band, Real Estate. Um, they got the, the it's the jangle thing again, right? Yeah, very. So much. They have this jangle rock band formed in New Jersey in 2009. They have five solid albums so far. Their latest just came out last year. Um, it's but it's also like it, it's very compact. It's 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 geek rock in a way. Um, Let's just say that the the the, the vocals are, are buried a little bit in the music. Yeah. They're, they're still understandable, but they're buried. They're very understated. Yes. Yeah. But that chimey guitar in <laughs> all of their songs and the bass, the bass player. And this is a band I got to see up in Beachland Ballroom up in Cleveland. Really, really. In fact, I was in line for beer and the bass player was right in front of me. That's how small of a show it was. Um, really, really put on a good show. Um, it was hailed by pitchfork again as a best new track um but like i said it was, it was colin's tweet that got me into the song um yeah I, I just just i guess this may be another example of representative of the band i'm trying to to um share it with everybody and i chose this song because it was the first one that i heard but it isn't necessarily my favorite i like it a lot but there's other one other song crime hmm. uh is a good one great video on that one as well good stuff
1: well, here's the thing. I have never heard of real estate. So this one, there was just something about this song. I mean, and, and it's funny because you, you nailed my notes. I, <laughs> I wrote chiming six string interplay opens the song. It's incredible. Although the vocals are understated, they really pop. Pristine production on this one, everything is crisp
0: and clear. And the trekking rhythm, it's a really trekking rhythm. Yeah.
1: I said, uh, it elevates the mood. To me, it suggests a summer's day. The track is light, breezy, and sweet sounding. Mm-hmm. It's easy to imagine each note floating gorgeously into a blue sky overhead. that Those were my notes. I mean, it, it literally, it was a song that I'm just thinking if I on a summer's day in my hammock, I want this to be playing in the background.
0: You could and sail to this song. Oh yeah, easily, yeah. Much like my next song too, yeah. but yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like
1: I said, it was a one-two punch. These two together, were, yeah. it was it was summertime. Yep. You know, as as the weather turns cold and the leaves fall to the ground, I was no, I love. But the, this again, song. Uh,
0: you know, I'm a sucker for melody. The melody in this song is so good. Oh, it's yeah, and everything just wraps. It's like a nice little compact. It's, this is real estate. They stay within their lane. OK, it's a band that if you don't know the band very well, you might listen to it and say, oh, the songs sound the same. But when you get into the band, you realize there, there are lots of subtleties, but they're not they're not going to kill you with all sorts of you know They're not going to come out of left field with instrumentation and everything. They're going to stay in their wheelhouse and do what they do really well.
1: This song was incredible. It was just completely relatable. I mean, who hasn't struggled to find the words and times that feelings should be shared? You know, I I, I loved the song. It was it is my favorite of the twelve, which, I mean, says a lot because I love all of it. So yeah, now Real Estate. It, I know nothing else by them. Never heard of them, but this one, man, it was just yeah, like you said, sailing on the, on the water and just this is summertime and it, it's just it's magical so
0: yeah I, I put them in similar category as as um as future islands they're yeah. obviously not as heavily synth right yeah yeah but they're in the same ballpark just with different different they've highlighted different instruments in their music but i don't know if you want to call that again is it is a geek rock is a dead rock is it just new california sound jangle it's all those things hmm. It's all those things okay
1: yeah no i'm definitely gonna have to look up the rest of their rest of their repertoire all right I'm guessing this is the one that you said is the most wall of sound perhaps if it's not I'm not sure which one it would be She and Him
0: yes okay yeah.
1: yes yeah um, I, I went with She and Him uh, this is I've Got Your Number Son this is from the third album which uh, is <laughs> titled Volume 3 they've, they've titled each of their three albums Volume 1, 2, and 3 uh, this one came out in 2013 um let me just begin by saying it's not supposed to go this way <laughs> because okay. actors from Eddie Murphy to Don Johnson to Lindsay Lohan, they record albums so that we can laugh at their hubris and casually dismiss the efforts, okay? I mean, it's created a Hollywood archetype. The actor-turned-singer-turned-punchline, right? But Zoe Deschanel, I mean, she successfully just rewrites the script with, with this sun-dappled pop music that she records with M. Ward under the name She and Him. I mean, it, I mean, they pull tricks from the songbook of Brian Wilson and country crooners like Loretta Lynn and Patsy Cline, and they just bask unabashedly in the glow of nostalgia. I mean, they create music that is airy and light and full of whimsy and just, oh, it's incredible. But ironically, this is what I love. She and Him's best songs tend to be about lost love and heartbreak. <laughs> I mean, all, every song that I love the most from them is about breaking up
0: and see I don't know I have their Christmas album okay but I've never heard their conventional music before so Uh, is it all like this yeah pretty much it's all kind of I mean
1: the ballads are the ballads can be kind of smoky and alluring but yeah I mean the the upbeat all of it sounds just like this I would start with in the sun which is one of their their most popular which is purely a summer tune in the sun but um, you know don't let don't let the breaking up fool you though because even when singing of heartbreak as she does on on this one. It, it's just a buoyant number. It's called I've Got Your Number Son again. Deschanel keeps it upbeat to show that being single does not have to be depressing. I love that. I mean, here, I mean, there's there, there's just that sparkle of personality glinting from those big eyes. I love Desai Deschanel's eyes. And her bigger voice. And she delivers Loretta Lynn's sass. She just kind of asserts that she's not a nobody when she's alone. Rather, she says, I can shine my, shine my light on Without without the help of a man, essentially, um, I've got your number, son. It, it features a sprightly chorus. It's accompanied by horns and backing vocals. It really is. It's a sonic throwback that just begs to be floated through AM speakers at all times. And it, it proves that there's more to De Chanel than her doe-eyed new girl persona would suggest. <laughs> confident singer songwriter who knows exactly what she's doing and, and the end result is just a simple playful and warm sound I mean it's, it's as charming and endearing as Chanel herself um,
0: my wife doesn't like her really so she's too quirky
1: huh, I, I like quirky <laughs> <laughs> but um, no I mean, she she
0: she's and, too manic pixie dream girl
1: yeah well she's she's, she's a pixie girl is, is kind of how I, I imagine her um, or how I label her I guess and I have since Elf Really?
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um,
1: which, of course, she sang in Elf, Five hundred days of summer. Yeah, they do that. Ki- that yes over. girl
0: wasn't she in Yes Girl? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But five 500- hundred no, yes, yes man. Um, the yes man with Jim Carrey.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I knew I knew what you were talking about. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, five hundred days of summer. I mean, you've heard her version of "Please, please, please, let me get what I want."
0: Right? No, I have not.
1: Yeah, uh, she and him have a, a version of of the Smiths. Please, 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 let me get what I want from the. Five Hundred Days of Summer soundtrack, but it's, yeah. Here's the thing: she doesn't have range. She really doesn't have range. I mean, she just she just has that husky alto. But what she doesn't have in range, she more than makes up with in personality, and it's just it's endearing, and it it is so. uh, It's just pure '60s girl group. pop i mean it's just
0: okay, so so this is what i wrote okay. okay yep so we're doing this thing where we're reading each other's minds <laughs> right the song fits in the tradition of 60s girl groups yeah very phil Spector wall of sound stuff on this one yep even the production is a little muddy which helps capture the retro feel and those beach boys rhythms at the end very nice yep
1: exactly yeah now all of their upbeat stuff and uh like i said in the sun i would start with that uh, that's that is arguably probably their most famous. Um, I, there, I would be. It, it's it's a shame to me because I would venture a guess not many people have heard them. Whenever I talk about she and him, people just stare at me blankly. They still don't know that she is a, you know.
0: Yeah, it's kind of her side gig. Yeah,
1: it is. Well, but here's the thing: she was she was recording music with she and him, really before she she got her big break in, right in film no I just and, but, it, but it's become her
0: side gig it, it, now. Because it has yeah because she's, she's now known for yeah but her acting
1: yeah no it's just uh, I love the two of them and M Ward for his part I mean he just he just sits in the he's the arranger and and producer and but he he's more than willing to cede the spotlight he doesn't want the spotlight he lets her
0: does he ever sing or play instruments
1: he has yeah he, he yeah he plays um he does sing he does lay like background tracks uh on a couple of their their tunes but largely it's just her um and yeah i mean she's just i don't know it's just i i guess it's music that makes me happy i I listen to she and him and it, it it's just a mood lifter every each and every time i mean i can't describe just how good it makes you feel so hopefully our listeners will you know have that same experience when they Listen, to I've got your number, son. Which is, as I said, a, a breakup song, but it's fantastic. So
0: very good. You know, I like it. I'm gonna again more stuff for me to explore. Good stuff. All right, all right. We're getting near the end here. I think I have two more, and you have two more. Yeah. All right. This one is Harmonia. This is the one you like too, huh? Yeah. I'm surprised you thought I wouldn't. Well, okay. So I dig a lot of really vibey, atmospheric stuff. My wife doesn't always. So like this song, you know, I, I, I was when I discovered this song, which, by the way, was another algorithm choice. And I remember I was just so like, oh, my gosh, you got to hear this song. Oh, I was playing it and she was just kind of like, oh, eh, that's good background music. And I'm like, what? What? I. <laughs> so I'm like, well, maybe it's just me. Like, you know, because here's another thing. I went back to Spotify again and, and I kind of didn't really check them out, which I need to because. But when I looked in, 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 quickly. This song, I don't think it was a single. It wasn't even in any of the top popular download choices. So I'm like, if this song is this good and it's a deep track, then my gosh, what is the other stuff like that he's done? And I still haven't looked into it.
1: Okay, first of all, I totally get what she was saying. Because it, it, here are my notes. You ready for this? Okay. On first listen, I was unmoved. The song was pleasant enough. The music was benign. The vocals smacked of gentleness and vulnerability. It was very pretty, but dull. But damn it, this song didn't grow on me. Mm. It is now one of my favorites on your list. It is an easy-flowing melody featuring organ, acoustic, and pedal steel guitar. Yep. Beautiful folksy arrangement. Yep. And those vocals, once too gentle to leave an impression, now ooze charm with frank sincerity. More than all this, the guitar work mesmerizes. It's like a hypnotic lullaby that clings tight and pulls at your heartstrings. And it,
0: yeah, and again, the the, the melody, that it's just, mm-hmm. oh, that's a good way to describe that. Yeah, and no, I, I totally get it. Because
1: the first time I heard it, I'm like really and but I, I've been listening to your playlist of course pretty much nonstop since we swapped and yeah I with every repeated listen and you now, said the steel
0: guitar and the, oh, oh yeah
1: now yeah. it's like I just I love yep. the song and yep but I, I, I get I get where she was coming from because that first listen I well I'm glad I was, I'm glad I was you was stuck not, with it
0: not impressed I'm glad so. you stuck with it apparently McCombs is a singer-songwriter who incorporates a variety of styles into his music including rock called country punk folk Um, he recorded this his first album in 2003 and uh, his most recent 2019 this is from a 2009 album called Catacombs Um, I just love the vibe to it this is a very vibey song again I could sail to this song I don't sail but I could sail to this song Uh, the melody is sweet and it stretches along with like a toe-tapping rhythm Uh, the slide guitar we talked about fills the gaps Um, and it's the solo this is what I really like the solos between guitar solos between the verses take their time. Yeah. Yeah, they do. The whole song takes its time. It's not going anywhere. It's there and you're welcome to come along for the ride but it's not really going anywhere in particular and it doesn't care if it gets anywhere. Yep. I love that.
2: Friend of mine Let me show you How the days in between
1: Not at first, so I, yeah. It, it's just again, it's summertime. I mean, the two songs together, it, it, it almost it, it it was like bookends. I mean, to me, it was just I I don't know. Together, I just kept imagining that that sunny that 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 summer day, you know, and just. I'm glad. Just rest that would, and relaxation and, and the hammock, you
0: know? That's the one I played around with, dropping and putting stuff on it. But then I, I just, I would listen to it. i be like, no, no, see, this is too good. I gotta, I gotta yeah. include it.
1: And it's very folksy. I mean, yeah. it, this isn't a song for the beach. This is a song for, for the open meadow, you know? Yes. You know, and the, and the wildflowers and, and whatnot. Um,
0: but it's, yeah, it's you, beautiful. Literally, if you have nowhere to go, like the song. Yeah. And you're just outdoors. You have, you know, just all the time in the world and you're fine just like chilling out. Yeah, this, is, the, yeah, this, this is, is that song. This is the
1: song. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm.
0: All, All right. right. Well, your, your next choice. My,
1: my number 11. All right. This was a late addition because I kept I kept waffling back and forth. I like this song forth. a lot. I I you know there, and we've already said we're going to add a whole lot of alternates that did not make our list of twelve because when we while we're doing a part two next season we are swapping gender so I will not have an opportunity to put any more. Wait, females. we're swapping what? No,
0: <laughs> oh, you mean our? Okay, yeah.
1: Pay attention, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) um, But yeah, I added this one late because I was going to go with another artist. Um, But this is 28 Butts, which refers to... Which I thought
0: was a completely different song before I I started listening to it. I knew
1: you would. I knew you would, as do our listeners right now. Get your minds out of the gutter. It refers to 28 cigarette ends in an ashtray. 28 cigarette butts, all right? It is by Little Jackie. It comes from an album from 2008 titled The Stoop, all right? First of all, Amani uh, Coppola. I'm going to assume it's the same pronunciation as the, you know, the Coppola family. She spent her twenties making seven independently released, unsuccessful albums. Then, in the autumn of 2008, she formed Little Jackie which she named for Lisa Lisa and Colt Cham's 1989 single, Little Jackie Wants to Be a Star, hmm. for what it's worth. She she formed uh, Little Jackie with producer Adam Palin. So it's just the two of them. It's just a duo. Together, they're, they're the Motown-inspired duo, they, they released The Stoop. And it is an album that seamlessly combines streetwise sunshine pop, funky retro soul, old-school hip-hop, in-your-face attitude, sensuality, unparalleled humor, and a drive driving, rump-shaking vibe. I mean, it, yeah, I said, it's just, I said
0: funky hip-hop. I yeah, dig it. Yeah.
1: I mean, it is just incredible. It's 11 tracks from start to finish that really celebrate Coppola's uh, world, or at least her neighborhood, from her front porch stoop, hence the name. Best of all, the lead single, which was The World Should Revolve Around Me, it deservedly climbed the charts to become a top 20 hit. So it seemed that her perseverance had finally paid off. And then, nothing. Which is a tragedy, since the album contained another half dozen pop gems that deserved to be hits, and one of those tracks is this song, 28 Butts," which refers again to cigarette ends. In an what ashtray. year was this again? Did you say this was two thousand eight? Okay, and it it is just ah, uh, it's it's an irresistible number filled with catchy hooks, a sing along chorus, and lyrics that are lyrics that are just endearing as hell, really. I mean, she half raps and half sings the very autobiographical verses with lyrics that bemoan the state of her current life and the loss of innocence, but in such a clever and witty way that it's hard not to smile. We learn that she smokes too much, she drinks too much, she suffers with bouts of loneliness. Does I mean, she name drop Jack Kerouac in there too somewhere? Yeah,
0: okay. she, yeah.
1: She dro- well, that's her name for I believe marijuana.
0: She, she oh, to, gotcha. She
1: refers to the Kerouac and
0: then ah, play yeah.
1: plays with the. the I language thought she was there.
0: consuming literature. Never well, mind.
1: Well, she's <laughs> she she makes the metaphor. We'll gotcha, leave it at that. gotcha, gotcha, guys. But um, yeah, no, she. I mean, just that recipe, I mean, that's a recipe well known to Generation X drinking too much, smoking too much, and being lonely. So ask any latchkey child, right? Um, if that sounds like a harrowing self examination, though, fear not, because this upbeat production turns into an affirmation anthem, really, about turning your life around, which only goes to show that a few well placed horn blasts can do amazing things.
2: Bye, bye. Another know MC spits a puny verse I try to get through my day without saying a curse Because I curse too much and such and such I try to improve my vocabulary I try to cut out eating meat and dare. I wanna bring back the days of the tooth fairy Cause I lost my innocence. innocence I'm young and dumb and old and wise at the same time Cause I knew Jesus was a rock star And it was Elvis who turned water into wine I wanna save a kangaroo from a life And so I wanna own a llama I want less trauma in my life want be a happy
1: this song was never released as a single and the album fizzled the stoop uh, it reached number 138 on the uk charts but it failed to chart at all here at home and two subsequent albums fared even worse. And in time, the duo called it quits. But folks, I am here to tell you that there is not a weak track on this album. If you are a fan of Motown, Phil Spector's Wall of Sound, 60s Stacks, Bolt Recordings, 70s Funk, or just old school female MCs, you will fall in love with this album. It is that good. And lyrically, I mean, I first time I heard this song, Dave, I, I, mean, I just... I laughed hysterically. Yeah, no, it's good. And it's just, it is so good. So
0: I just, I just started bouncing up and down. I, I like it. I mean, it's just like your vocals are so clear with this like charismatic tone to it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it's very relatable and it's got that horn section over the line. Oh
1: yeah. The backing vocals. I mean, you do have that sixties again, that sixties uh, girl group yeah, that's good you know, stuff. feel to it, that vibe. But I mean, just the lyrics, oh my good God, when she starts talking about to trans fat on on mm-hmm. McDonald's French fries, it's just and and,
0: and swallowing watermelon seeds yeah, like the old urban legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's just it's it's a great tune. So I, I kept going back and forth between this and about four other songs, and in the end, this one. And it was it was a late edition I had I had to text Dave I think yesterday <laughs> to tell him that little no, Jack, I had time to little listen Jackie to it for a few turns, so it so, was good. Yeah, no, I I love this track. Love this album so um, I should say I said that um, their single was, uh, was a top 20 hit that was in the UK okay it, right. they never charted here in the US it was a top 20 hit where is she UK you chart.
0: said she's from she's from New York City New York City okay.
1: yeah she's from New York City um, but th- they did really well in, in the UK on the first album and then just nothing hmm. they never charted again they never charted in the US and it's just really unfortunate the entire album sounds like this I mean it's just fun it's, it's fun and it's witty and it's it's just really clever and very well performed. I mean she's she's crystal clear. I mean, a lot of times you know, hip hop I can I, I I can't discern the lyrics on first listen. You can you I mean this is crisp, yeah, you know, it's just a, a powerful performance. So very talented. All right, you're number twelve.
0: All right, last one. this is one that we both know. Um, yep. and I had to throw it on there. This is a fifty nine sound by Gaslight Anthem from their two thousand and eight debut release. The 59 Sound. And um, they, no, not Thirty B. I'm sorry, they had one before this. They had one before this, and I can't remember the name of it. This is their second album, actually. Yeah, they, they ended up at the Sink or Swim, I think, was the first one. Oh, uh, okay. um, 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 uh, Ma- sl- yeah. And then they had 59 Sound, then they had American Slang. American Slang,
1: yeah. And
0: then they had... American
1: Slang is what I was going to pull from before okay. we... Uh, well, at one time, we were both just going to do, you know the the uncharted songs of you know the last twenty years, and I, I remember I actually told you I was going to do Castlight Anthem, and I told you you, you said Fifty Nine Sound you were going to take yours off the list. And I said no, I'm not doing Fifty Nine Sound. But then I I thought about it because you, you guilted me into it, and this is the song that needs to be on there. Well, yeah, this is their calling card. This is their you know they're they for,
0: for for good song. reason. I mean, and I, again, I think if I'm not incorrect, at some point you tried to get me into them, and I didn't didn't take. And then I discovered that, I may have told the story before, but my wife and I were watching the uh, Live in Hyde Park Blu-ray uh, with Bruce Springsteen when he, when he performed in, in London. and. Um Uh, i don't know if i would want to get a a drink or something because i came back in and i see this guy on stage singing with him and you know the boss is known for bringing people up on stage oh yeah and 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 he's singing no surrender with the boss and i'm like man he sounds good i I told my wife he said come here listen i said he ain't bad for some kid from the you know from the audience and and then later i found out no it's brian fallon he's from gaslight anthem who opened the show and bruce brought him on um Gaslight Anthem, yeah. I mean, some people say unfairly, "Oh, it's just a, it's just a ripoff of Springsteen." Now, is it very Springsteen esque? Yes. Oh, and Springsteen is is his vocal very Springsteen esque? Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Is it a lot more than that? Yes. Yeah. Um, but this song, in fact, there's a version of this song, another version of this song, uh, where the two of them. Uh, they, it's actually their concert and they pull Bruce up yeah. to, to sing sing with them. Uh, actually, we, I was at the Hard Rock Cafe in Washington, that was, D.C.
1: That was a festival, I think.
0: Yeah, it was at I, a festival. I forget
1: which one, but yeah, Springsteen performed it with them. Um, you know, yeah, I remember the day that I said you need to check out Gaslight Anthem and you just kind of dismissed it. <laughs> but, well,
0: I don't know. I was probably well, in a bad well, mood.
1: Well, no, it's not that you were in a bad mood. You have a very long list of music that you're, <laughs> you're trying to get through. But this i have to credit a former student I mean, hmm. you talk about where where a lot of these things come from uh, a former student i had her years and years and years ago uh teresa corona so if t is listening i want to give her a shout out she's the one that introduced me to gaslight anthem because i in in my class i introduced her to you know a lot of the classic rock um I, Started with Harry Chape and Springsteen fell in, but she was she she returned the favor because Gaslight Anthem. I mean she she told me you've got to listen to these guys and it was just it was mind blowing. I mean it's it's just I mean Fallon grew up I think just a few blocks away from um, East Street and and you know Springsteen was his was his idol quite frankly. But I know that near the end, he got really tired of the comparisons because right. everybody, you know, you'd, they would perform, at, you know, in concert, and everybody just wanted Springsteen covers. Right, I mean, it was right. getting really tire tiresome for them. But I mean, this song, though, yeah, you're right. I mean, I was going to go with the Diamond Street Church Choir, which is what I was going to go with because I love that song from American Slang. But the 59 Sound, I mean, the lyrics are just positively gut. Punching And Fallon, I mean, he has that doleful punk rock delivery as he wonders what his fallen friend heard as he crossed over into death. You know, um, it's enough to, to rattle the listener like Marley's chains, which, of course, are alluded to in the song. But the guitar and the percussion on the track, I mean, it's just a testament to the power of rock and roll. You know, and his hopeful wish that his friend heard his favorite song one last time as he crossed over and I mean, the track sends you off to the rest of the album at that point and you're more alive than before.
0: fast forward to today, and, and it's one of my favorite new bands. In fact, of the Venn diagram between my wife and I, which isn't always the, 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 the largest overlap, this is one. Of all the music I, I get here, I say, hey, this is, you know, she can kind of take or leave it, or she uses the background music thing quite a bit. Um, this is one I would not really have expected her to like. Really? She's a slight an fan. And, and, and right away, right away she took to this, and, and then there's, a, there's an acoustic, I'll put it on the uh, alternates list, there's an acoustic version of this that she really, really likes. But then she discovered Brian fallon solo. So after their fourth album, they broke up. Yeah. He's got about three or four solo albums, but there's one called Painkillers, which became like her favorite album of the year.
1: I've never heard of solo work.
0: Oh, really good. Really good. Yeah. Really good. yeah gotcha. It's very similar, which sometimes she'll say she swears up and down. she says, I love Brian Fallon. Gaslight, eh? as much anymore i'm like it's the same i mean yeah it's different musicians but he's writing the music it's he's the front man it's very similar huh. it's like saying like i don't like genesis the album but i like phil collins you know but seri- or not right. but seriously but um um yeah face value yeah they're, they're very similar but um no so i've seen gaslight three times i've seen brian fallon three times with my wife um he also has another side project called the horrible crows and hmm. you will really like that they're kind of a, a bluesier rock okay. thing that he did with his guitar tech oh. they'd be on tour and he his guitar tech started writing songs and so they that would actually came out before his solo album nice they okay. do a version there's a live horrible crows album where he does a version of teenage dream by uh t- Katy Perry really? <laughs> which is really good <laughs> it's really good but no, I,
1: I i don't know anything after gaslight i mean i i, I stuck with them and you know f- through four albums and then
0: yeah, like their fourth album, there are a couple songs on there I like. Um, there might be a fifth in there, but but his solo stuff really is solid. Okay, especially the first couple are really really good. Um, I should put one on the alternates list too. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's just nice that she's actually more of a Brian Fallon fan than I am, which is weird because I kind of introduced yes. her to, to um, Gaslight Anthem. That's awesome. But this song is just excuse my phrasing here, straight balls to the wall rock and roll music, just solid song construction. Lots of raw energy, clear driving line from the beginning of the song to the end, and like I said before, it's a great tribute to a fallen comrade yeah. and his grandmother actually as well.
1: Yeah, grandmama's radio. Yeah,
0: and uh, listen, You know, that, that's a nice little image of him listening to his grandmother's music. Yep. Before she passed.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's just it will forever be there. Born to Run, essentially. But, um, yeah, no, great. But that whole song, album is really album. solid. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, that's the hard. Uh, that album was the heart of the band, really. I mean, if you want to explore Gaslight Anthem, you start with the 59 sound. So, um, okay, uh,
0: done? Done, done. all right.
1: finished. All right, so here's my number 12, which ends side B. Uh, I had to go with Regina Spector, and I went with Blue Lips, which is from the 2009 album Far. Um, let me just, I'm just going to throw this out there. I love Regina Spector. And she was. She is my fifth non-negotiable that I was talking about earlier. She is an artist that's capable. of Mariah vocal gymnastics, but her style is idiosyncratic. I mean, it's full of surprising twists and colorful lyrical enjambments. I mean, she can tear into the piano with otherworldly precision, but her playfulness keeps her adorably grounded. She actually embraces that term, adorable That's <laughs> nice. I never Yeah. That. Uh, she draws from her Russian Bronx roots and her Jewish heritage, and you know, she attracts an anti-folk. Audience, but her stripped-down piano pop is rich in thoughtful content. You know, she can bring a smile to your lips as easily as she can steal your heart. And her fans, myself included, I mean, they placed her high on a pedestal, and for good reason. So, uh, in the beginning, her music was incredibly minimalist. I and mean, you talk about minimalism. Yes. She only used her voice in the piano, and she chronicled the peculiar and the endearing things in life, often reminding her listeners that it is the little things that affect us in the biggest ways. But For her fifth album, Far, Spectre went very big, both thematically and in production value. She worked with five producers on Far, most notably ELO frontman Jeff Lynne.
2: He stumbled into faith and thought, God, this is all there is. The pictures in his mind arose and began to breathe and all the gods and all the worlds began colliding on a backdrop of blue blue lips, blue veins he took a step but then felt tired he said I'll run. He wasn't a child And all the people hurried fast, real fast And no one ever smiled Blue lips, blue veins, blue The color of our planet from far, far away Blue lips, blue veins, blue the color of our planet
1: from far, far away. It, it finds her in a deeply pensive mood. I mean she deep sea dives into spiritual and emotional dimensions here and her powerful suboperatic voice, it transitions from conversational secrecy to swelling heights. And she delivers this wilting Eastern European soliloquy. They started off beneath the knowledge tree and then they chopped it down to make white picket fences. They marched along the railroad tracks, they smiled real wide for the camera lenses. They made it past the enemy lines just to become enslaved in the assembly lines. I mean, it's it's a chilling account and expertly engineered by Lynn, who does as much to flesh out Specter's deeply held beliefs as on the track as her own voice. But blue lips, I no mean,
0: idea that he produced this record. Yeah, wow. Well,
1: he's one of five.
0: But, oh, okay, but, but, but this, this, this song. This, gotcha, well, gotcha.
1: Well, a number of songs were his uh, to produce. This was one of them. Um, but yeah, Blue Lips, I mean, it's a reminder of how masterfully Spectre balances her conscientious analysis of humanity with deliberate but gentle storytelling. And the words matter. So thankfully, she still delivers them to us with the occasional coy glance and mad chops on the piano. So you've never heard her earliest. Like, you never heard
0: Samson, for instance? Well, here's the thing. I, I bought Far. That's the one I listened to most extensively. Okay. And then I got, I think, her, uh, two of her other albums, and I listened to them, but I never just really took a deep dive into them. Far was the one that I really kind of was drawn to. Yeah, um, so I'll have to check out. I have them over there on my on my shelf.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think. The first album was Eleven Eleven.
0: Okay, not that one. That was
1: 2001. Yeah. Then Songs. Yeah, no. Soviet Kitsch was 2003. Um, Begin to Hope was 2006, and then Far was 2009. Uh, Since Far, she's released. One, two. Maybe
0: I have the three, ones after four, that.
1: five, and she, she has at this point easily. What's
0: the one with fidelity on it? I have that one. I know.
1: Um, which one would that be? Uh, that might be what we saw from the cheap seats. That might be. I, I'm. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Um.
0: Let me look on the albums here, because I know a lot. She has done a lot, hasn't she?
1: Yeah. She, she's been around now for a while. I saw her in oh,
0: oh, oh begin to hope. Fidelity oh, is the oh, opening okay. song. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah I Gail and I saw her in concert. Oh boy. Was Far yeah, far had to have been out. I think I think it was probably the Far tour that we saw. We went down to Cincinnati and it was a very intimate setting. She is pure personality i mean the quirk just comes shining through and she's so personal you can just
0: tell from from in fact I, here's what i wrote i said she's such a good song singer songwriter her voice is so unique and inviting yeah i almost enjoy it more when the music drops out and i can just hear her a cappella. yeah because I, I don't think that. she needs anything else she, she it's just she alone so, is so all that she so you needs.
1: have begin to hope i have or you just have fidelity
0: Far, which is the album. Oh, Far. Okay. I have Far and I have Begin to Hope. Those okay. two. Yeah, because be-
1: Begin to Hope, I know it used to be Gail's favorite. Um, I don't know if it's still. Far is my
0: favorite. Yeah, but, Far is the one with the genius next door and laughing with. Those yeah. are the. I mean, that's. I, I really got into that album well, when it came out. Any
1: artist that takes time to, you know, replicate, basically to, to perform as a dolphin, to me is just incredible. So yeah. it's like. um, But no, I, I. You know, Samson, I remember, was huge. That was like. You know, every
0: I got a kind of a, a, a Tori Amos vibe at first from her, but then she kind of became her own thing too. Yeah,
1: yeah, I well, I like her far more than Tori, but um, yeah, no, she's she's just incredible. So that would be my number twelve, and that, folks, ends our selections. So and
0: we have to put these in order.
1: Yes, we, and this is going to be fun.
0: So, so we we will be right back. Yep, after this. And we're back, and we have a mixtape. We have a playlist for you. Tell us the songs, Alan.
1: All right. So, Side A of Uncharted, which we're calling the, what, the new millennium
0: A new mix millennium mixtape, mix Uncharted.
1: Uncharted, okay. So, Side A, uh, track one, we begin with Go All The Way by Susanna Hoffs and Matthew Sweet. Yes. That is followed by Me and Michael by MGMT. Sometime Around Midnight by the Airborne Toxic Event, Gold Lion by Yaya Yaz. I've Got Your Number, Son by She and Him. Drive By by Glenn Phillips. Talking Backwards by Real Estate. Call Off Your Dogs by Lake Street Dive. Followed by Super Duper Love by Joss Stone. Love Letter by Clary Brown and the Banging Rackettes. Weird All the Time Go by Dr. Dog. And we end side A with Impossible Germany by Wilco. Because you yeah, end yeah, with the guitar yeah. yeah, solo that, that, that was just gonna listen to that tonight alright side B we begin with Choo Choo by Diane Birch that goes into 100 Days 100 Nights by Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings I'll Make Time for You by Kristen Diable Seasons Waiting on You by Future Islands Password Ben Folds and Nick Hornby All Good Naysayers Speak Up or Forever Hold Your Peace <laughs> that is a mouthful <laughs> by uh, John Stevens Blue Lips by Regina Spector Harmonia by Cash McCombs, Thin Air by Teenage Fan Club, 28 Butts by Little Jackie, Johnny Got a Boom Boom by Imelda May, and The 59 Sound by the Gaslight Anthem.
0: You know, okay, so this may be my favorite playlist of all time, and I think I know why. Because when we pick songs for other, you know, mixtape, we're, we're, we're picking thematically. Yeah. We're picking songs we like, but we're also picking songs yeah. for a thematic purpose, we literally just picked the, our 24 favorite songs of the last 20 years.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's gonna be a good playlist.
1: It is. It, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, well, well, it is a good playlist. We've already, I've been listening to the two, of, not combined, but I've been listening to the two of them separately now, nonstop for about three weeks. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I'll i tell you what, the order works. This was not an easy list to put together <laughs> because and you and I have I, for as much as we are alike we are incredibly different in taste and this was this was new wave and 60 soul
0: and we like which, each other's music but we, but, but we kind of right. our own little lane yeah, yeah. so I
1: mean it, it was not easy to to mix but it it works it, it it actually works really well all right folks so it is that time there's one episode well two episodes one mixtape left for season two and that is for halloween scary halloween
0: i have my list ready to go oh
1: mine is too and some of mine are disturbing (laughs)
0: so yeah mine aren't mine aren't like really scary they're just like kind of scary
1: okay well i'll 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 do this except for two there's
0: two there's one that's really it's really disturbing there's yeah i have a couple
1: okay yeah i i'm looking forward to it i'm um yeah it's we did the novelty thing last year we might do the novelty thing again next year because are still plenty of novelty songs left um but we went scary this season and side a of scary halloween debuts next week yep. so we hope you will join us for some spirited halloween fun
0: and, and that's the end of our season after part two of halloween we'll, we'll throw in a christmas episode there and um Doing a Valentine's Day
1: again? Uh, maybe. We'll see. We'll right. see.
0: Usually wintertime is pretty slow. We could probably fit we'll one probably
1: in. We could probably do that. And then we'll be back for season three in, in May. So, But you survived it. We survived it. And I'll I tell you what, our schedules get
0: busy, though. <laughs> well, that's the thing. We started this during during COVID when, when everything was shut down yeah. and, and we needed something to do. Um, now, contrary to the rest of the world who thinks for whatever reason in Ohio, we think that it's like disappeared, that COVID's not around. But everything is, seems to be back to normal and including all of our responsibilities and things that we're involved in. So it yeah. becomes a little more challenging, but it does,
1: but it, it, it's worth it. I, I, I love what we do. I mean, I'm looking forward to season three already. I've already started brainstorming ideas. So I'll run by you eventually. And please, you know, whatever I, because this was your idea and this was incredible. So
0: it was your idea to do the podcast. Well no, no I'm you talking about me. this episode. Oh, whoa, oh, this episode. Gotcha. I'm like, hey, you <laughs> yeah,
1: no, the podcast was made, but but the uh, the, uh
0: Uncharted, I mean, you you not yeah, just cause I want to talk about password by Ben Wow, <laughs> Well, I, I get that, but you
1: struck gold. I, it's this was awesome. Um but yeah, one more uh one more mixtape, two episodes left. Halloween is next week. So we will see you then and be ready for a good scare, I guess. Yeah. All so, right.
0: Hot, funk, cool punk, even if it's old junk. Another mix of memories awaits next week. But for now, press
1: pause, lift the needle, and hit eject, and we will see you on the flip side.